Open your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Genesis chapter 1 and 28. And so we're doing a series called The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. Genesis 1 and verse 28, it says, And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, aren't you ladies just so very happy that he gave you authority and dominion over creeps? Amen. Amen. (laughs) So, what God starts, he intends for it to go on. This blessing wasn't just for Adam. Uh Uh-uh. This blessing goes on forever. Now, why is that? Because he said, I'm the Lord. And he doesn't change. He's the same today as he was yesterday. Amen? So the blessing of God, it stands forever. In Psalms 33, and we notice in verse 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to how many generations? So we see the plan, the purpose, the counsel of God, it stands forever. Aren't you glad that Adam's sin... Adam's transgression, Adam's treason did not change the plan of God. Matter of fact, God already made a plan from before the foundation of the world, and that was Jesus, the Lamb slain. Amen? So we serve a God who literally declares the end from the beginning. Think about that. There's a scripture in Isaiah that says this, that God uh, declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying that my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. Hallelujah. Thank God. Just like Adam's sin doesn't mess up the plan of God, you messing up and you missing the mark doesn't change God's plan for you. Amen. Amen? Because God's work in Jesus is much greater than Satan's work in Adam. Amen? Amen. And the blood of Jesus, if you'll just turn your heart toward God, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus will restore you. The blood of Jesus will restore you and and lift you to live the blessed life. Say with me, I'm living the blessed life. Do you like the title of the sermon? Amen. So God then began to reintroduce, if you will, his plan. Look at Genesis 17. This is a great, great word here. It says, and when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, think about it, 99 years old. And God comes and makes a covenant with Abram. The Lord answered, appeared to Abram and he said unto him, I am the almighty God. Literally, I am El Shaddai. Abraham, whatever you need, I'm more than more than enough. And he's saying the same thing to us today. He is El Shaddai, the God who is more than more than enough. Not less than the least. Amen. I am Almighty God. Now all you got to do is walk before me and be thou perfect. In other words, grow and mature. Dropping down to verse 6 and says, And I will make thee exceeding fruitful. What kind of covenant is this? It's a covenant where there's excess, exceeding fruit. Amen. And I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant, now notice this, between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, 
in their generations. What kind of covenant is it? It's an everlasting covenant. To be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Amen. And so we understand this, that we are Abraham's seed. Because we belong to Christ. And if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's seed. And you are an heir according to the promise. What promise is that? That he would be El Shaddai to us. We have been given the blessing of being fruitful. And then in this generation, you and I are blessed. Don't ever doubt it. God has qualified you to live the blessed life. He's qualified you. You know what qualifies you? Jesus does. The fact that you are in Christ and Christ is in you qualifies you to live the blessed life. It's not your education. It's not your good looks. It's not your background. It's what Jesus has done for you. Jesus paid it all. Hallelujah. And I like that, don't you? That puts all of us in the same family, in the same class. He doesn't have any favorites. We are all his favorites. Say with me, I'm a favorite of the Lord. And I'm a living the blessed life. So God wants us major league blessed. He wants us to live in the blessing so that we can be a blessing. Now look at Psalm 35 and verse 27. Okay, notice this verse. Let them shout for joy. Now who is them? Them and be glad that favor my righteous cause. So those that favor God's righteous cause. And God's righteous cause is manifold. It's about the Great Commission. It's about feeding the poor. It's about ministering to those in prison. It's about ministering to the homeless. It's about ministering to one another and exhorting one another in the Lord. His righteous cause is missions. His righteous cause, amen. He, in the Bible says, if you favor his righteous cause, we ought to be happy about it. In other words, we literally could shout for joy because we favor his righteous cause. Now, why are we shouting for joy? Because we're involved in it. And when you're involved in His righteous cause, that makes your life a whole lot better. That makes your life a whole lot sweeter. When you can get up in the morning, you look outside, the sky is bluer, the grass is greener. Why? Because you're a person of purpose and you're living the blessed life and you're involved in what He's doing all over the earth. We're involved in what God is doing all over the world. Amen? Amen? We're involved in what He's doing right here in the Bay Area. So notice this with me. Let them shout for joy. Can we shout for about two seconds? Okay, that's enough now. We don't want to get too happy. Come on, let's shout for joy for three seconds. Glory. That almost sounded like the wave, kind of. This is not a baseball game. Let them shout for joy and be glad, not sad, that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them who are happy about being involved in kingdom business in the earth, let them say something. Then let them say it, not every now and then, not when they feel like it, but let them say this, how long? Continually, let the Lord be magnified. Give glory to yourself, O God, through my life. Let the Lord be magnified. Do you know that God is magnified when you're living the blessed life? Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure 
In what? So he takes great pleasure in prospering his servants. Now, notice with me that the word prosper and prosperity in the Hebrew is shalom. Let me just give you a few definitions of this. Here's what God takes great pleasure in, in your life and in my life. He takes great pleasure in your soundness, a sound mind. He takes great pleasure in your welfare. How about this one? He takes great pleasure in your safety. Thank God he does. He's given his angels charge over us. And they keep us and they protect us. And they guide us and guard us in all of our ways. He takes great pleasure in our welfare. How about this one? He takes great pleasure in you being healed. It gives He is for you. He's not against you. He's for your body. Somebody says he is? Absolutely he is. Why is that? Because your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And your body is the very vehicle that carries your inner man around so that you can do his good pleasure in the earth. Amen? So he takes great pleasure in your health. He takes great pleasure in this also. He takes great pleasure in you being peaceful. The peace of God. In other words, Lord, I thank you. Even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to yield to fear. I'm going to yield to the greater one who lives on the inside of me. And I'm going to live my life in the peace of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding, it'll keep your heart. It'll keep your mind intact through the Lord Jesus Christ. Say with me, I'm filled with the peace of God and it's given my Father great pleasure to cause me and to see me live worry-free. I'm worry-free. I don't have a care. How about you? I'm not going to carry the weight. I'm not going to carry the cares of this world because the peace of God and the shalom of God belongs to us and we are prospering. Can you say amen? Amen. So he's getting glory when we are living in shalom. Everyone say shalom, shalom. Now the Young's Little Translation says this. It says they sing and rejoice. Okay. King James says they shout for joy. Well, singing and rejoicing. Who are declaring my righteousness. And they, con- and they say continually, Jehovah is magnified. Who is desiring the peace of his or for his servants. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Somebody said, well, I don't know, Pastor Mark. This is kind of new to me and... I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel bound up a little bit. I feel bound up by, by this. And I, I feel bound up by that. I got good news for you. You ready for a verse? Yeah. Let's look at the next verse. Let's look over at the book of, uh, let's see now, Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6. Psalm 68, 5 and 6. The Bible says he is a father of the fatherless. He is a defender of win- widows. Is God in his holy habitation? Notice verse 6. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into what? Hallelujah. So we're in the family of God. And he brings us out of darkness. And he brings us into 
great and glorious things. I like that, don't you? Now, think about it just for a moment. Look at, uh, let me just share this with you so that you don't have to look. But remember in Genesis, we talked about last week that our obedience opens the door for greater blessing in our life. Remember we talked about that? If you be willing and obedient, you're going to eat something. You're going to eat the good of the land. Wear the good of the land. Live in the good of the land. Amen? Amen. And so Abraham, he went out not knowing where he was to go because God said, I want you to leave your family and get out from them. And as you go, I will show you where to go. So Abraham went out obediently. And the reason why God said that to him, he was testing his obedience. He wanted to know that he could trust Abraham with what he was about to do for Abraham. You see, God does not entrust the disobedient. He entrusts the obedient. God does not entrust the unfaithful with greater blessing. God entrusts the faithful with greater blessing. And so here's what Abraham did. Abraham went out. Not knowing where he was going. And God said, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. But I'm also going to make you a great blessing. Now I want you to listen to this next statement. The blessing and favor of God is place dependent. Say it with me. The blessing blessing. and the favor of God God. is place dependent. If Abraham had not been in position, heading for the right place, he would never have received El Shaddai making a covenant with him. The blessing and the blessed life and the highly favored life is place dependent. And that's going to get more clear to you as we teach this and as this is unfolded. Amen? So notice with me in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. You see, he brought Abraham out so that he could bring Abraham in. But in order for Abraham to come in, he had to come out. Now notice with me in Colossians 1.13, here's a principle. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Has He not brought us out of great darkness? He has brought us out of darkness, but He didn't just bring us out of darkness, He brought us into something else. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness, now notice this, and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. There is absolutely no comparisons to these two kingdoms. The kingdom of darkness is defeat. The kingdom of darkness is dark. But the kingdom of God is light. It's righteousness. It's peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. How many of you can testify that once you came out of darkness and you came into the kingdom of God, you had no more sad days. Now you've got joy days. You've got glad days. Why? Because the kingdom of God is within you. Woo! Good preaching, Pastor Mark. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 6.23 says it this way. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in. Into the land which he swear unto our fathers. 
You see, He brought us out to save us. I'm glad He did. He brought us out to save you from a horrible pit. He brought us out to save us from a hopeless life. He brought us out to save us from a helpless position. But oh, thank God, He brought us in to seat us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He brought us in and endued us with power from on high. He brought us into the blessing place. The blessing place. The blessing place. The blessing and favor of God is place dependent. God placed you in heavenly places. He seated us at, with joint seating with Jesus as heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now, because we are in that place, we are well positioned then to live the blessed life. Say it with me. I'm always in the right place at the right time doing the right thing with the right people. We're going to work on this place here now. Let's work on this a little bit longer. Look at Psalm 66. Psalm 66. And notice with me in verse 12. Psalm 66. It says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. How many of you have been through some things? Amen. How many of you are going through some things right now? All right. Well, thank God God's bringing us out. God's bringing us out. He's bringing us in. We went through fire. We went through water. But here's what God's doing. And here's what God has done. But you have brought us in. What kind of place? God has brought us into a wealthy place. Now. The New King James Version says this, that you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Rich fulfillment. The blessed life is the fulfilling life. Praise the Lord. Let's make sure that they don't talk too loud back there. That's distracting to me as I preach. I know they're enjoying their fellowship, but tell them to put a lid on it. <laughs> In Jesus' name. <laughs> and in the love of God, right? Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, New King James says it this way. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. But you brought us out to rich fulfillment. I said it early. I'll say it again. This blessed life is a life where you are fulfilled. Amen. A blessed and fruitful life. God has a place like that for all of us. All of us. Where we're fruitful. Amen. And not only fruitful, but where we're making a difference in other people's lives. You have a God-ordained place. You have a God-ordained place where you fit. And you have a God-ordained place where you flourish. It's the will of God for you to fit in and to flourish. And that place is never to be taken lightly. 
it pays rich dividends to discover where that place is and what that place is for you individually. I mean, not only geographically, but what church you're going to go to, where you're going to serve in the local church. If you're called to the fivefold ministry as a pastor or a teacher or an evangelist or a prophet or an apostle, it pays rich dividends to wait on the Lord and to discover exactly where your place is. Amen? Amen. And so it is in the local church. Everyone in this building that ever comes in this building that considers Heart of the Bay Christian Center their home church, they have a place. They have a place. There's a place where they fit. Say with me, the blessing of God and the favor of God is place dependent. It's hard for God to bless people to the degree that He desires to bless them if they're out of place. Not that He doesn't bless. Don't misunderstand me. He's good. Look at your name and say, He's good. Because he's God. But how many of you are interested in qualifying? Qualifying for greater blessing. I am. How about you? And so, let's continue to work with this. Are you, are you, are you tracking with me today? So we have a God-ordained place where we fit and flourish. Look with me now. This is an interesting verse. Look at Acts 17 and verse 26. And we're going to look at this verse from the Amplified Version. Very interesting. Acts uh, 17, verse 26 from the Amplified Version. And we'll just wait until we we get it because this is so important to see. Uh, Acts 17, thank you, PT. Acts 17, 26. Now notice this. And he made from one common origin, one source one blood, all nations of men to settle on the face of the earth. Has he done it? Having definitely, now notice this, definitely determined the determined purpose of God. Having definitely determined their allotted periods of time and the fixed boundaries of their habitation or their place, their settlements their lands, and their abodes. How many of you know that you and I were not just born at any time? I was born in 1950. And I was born in the USA. Yeah. I was born in 1950. I'll be 69 years old in a few days. And I'm feeling good. I'm I'm feeling good about life. No, I'm not going to do the James Brown or anything like that. But I do feel good. And I'm sure that one of the reasons why I do feel good is not only because God is good, but because I'm in the right place. I'm glad that you are here with me and with Brenda and PT and all of us here at Heart. I'm glad you're here. We are not accidents. We are here, divinely connected, for a divine purpose. Woo-hoo, glory to God. Our places and our times have been predetermined. 
You could have been born in 1800. Now, if you were, you wouldn't be here. Thank God you didn't have to come to church in a covered wagon. (laughs) Everyone's a wealthy place. A place of rich fulfillment. The blessing and favor of God is place dependent. Now, this word place... In wealthy place, that word place in the Hebrew literally means location. It also means spot. But it also means condition. Say it with me, location Location. and condition. condition. What is this saying? God's got a wealthy location for you. And he's got a wealthy condition for you in the God-ordained location he's placed you. That's important. Location and condition are connected. It's your blessing place. It's your place of rich fulfillment. When we came to California in 1982 from Minneapolis, Minnesota... We were on the road to our place of rich fulfillment. We left there really not knowing what was going to happen. We didn't really have any clue. We just knew on the inside of us that this is what we were to do. And so we headed out by God's grace, not because we're something, but because He's something and He's leading us and guiding us. We could have, folks, we could have stayed in Minnesota and confessed the word till we were blue in the face, out of God's place, out of God's grace, and all of our confessions would have fallen flat on the floor because we were not in the right place. Now that's the faith side, and that's sometimes where people get fooled. Your confessions are not going to override being in the right place. Not only the right place geographically, church-wise, but what kind of condition is your heart in? How wealthy is this place down here? What kind of condition is your inner man in? That's just a thought. See, we didn't know what awaited us here. But you're part of what awaited us here. Pastor Tom is part of what awaited us here. I met Pastor Tom in San Francisco at a Bible study early in the 80s. We have worked together and labored together and served together for well over 36 years. It was a divine connection. We met. God connected us together. I would have never, ever had the privilege of meeting someone like P.T. or lovely people like you, the Marquezes, all of you folks, if we had just been stubborn and stayed in a comfortable place. Sometimes finding your location is not comfortable. But you know the good news is, even though it may not be comfortable to your flesh, You've got the the comforter living on the inside of you that will comfort you every day of your life. Is that good news? Hallelujah. So, here's what I have. This wealthy place, this place of rich fulfillment, 
is a place of grace which enables us to run our race and to finish our course. Now don't be fooled. It is not up to you to decide what your place is. You don't decide what your place is. You discover your place. And one way to discover your place is take an inventory of the grace that he's put in you. It'll help you. If you can identify your place by your grace. What's he put in you? What are you doing with what he's put in you? So he says, well, I'm, I'm really good with compassion. I'm really good showing mercy. Yield to that. I'm really good with numbers. I'm really good with music. You know what God's put on the inside of you. Every one of you are gifted. Some have five, some have two, some have one. It doesn't make any difference what another person has. What's important is what do you have? What's God put on the inside of you? Because the rewards for everyone are the same. We all want to hear, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. I know I'm preaching now. Enter in to the joy of the Lord your God. So taking inventory of the grace of God in you will help identify where you fit. And here's the good news. You can count on being taken care of when you're in the right place. That's why I say during the offering, I'm not moved by that. Are you kidding me? I've seen God do it so many times. Over and over and over again. I tell you, I'm sleeping good at night. And as you can tell, I'm eating good during the day. God is faithful. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed out begging for bread. He's got a million ways to get us millions of dollars. In closing, I'm going to just go through this rather quickly, but don't take your ears off. You got your ears on? Genesis chapter 22. Verse 1 and verse 2. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are his workmanship. You are his poem. You are special in the kingdom of God. And you have something to offer and to supply. Genesis 22, excuse me. Now it came to pass... After these things, that God, what did he do? He tested Abraham. Will God test you? He absolutely will. He'll test you. But his test is is different than the test of the enemy. The tests of the enemy come to destroy. The tests of God come to qualify. This test that Abraham experienced was a solicitation for him to obey what he was asking him to do. Verse 2. Abraham said, of course, I'm here, Lord. Verse 2. Then he said, take now your son. Now, this is the son, Isaac, which means laughter, that Sarah 
and Abraham believed God for for many years. Now take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. He went to the place that God had told him and his son got bewildered and he said to Abraham I see the fire I see the wood but dad where is the burnt offering and Abraham because he knew he had a covenant with God knew that if he had to slay his son that God would raise him up but here's what Abraham said this covenant man, this father of faith, this example for us to follow. Abraham said, my son, whoo, this is prophetic. God will provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering. Is not Jesus the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world? So the two of them went together. So get the picture. He's got Isaac on the altar. He's about ready to slay his son in obedience to the Lord. But all of a sudden, an angel says, Abraham, don't do it. Don't do it. I know that you are obedient because you have not withheld your son, your only son. Then all of a sudden, over there in the thicket, there's a ram. There's a ram. And that ram came out. And that ram took the place of Isaac. Now notice in verse 14. I want you to get this. I want you to see this. I want you to read it with me. Verse 14. You ready? And Abraham called the name of the place. Stop right there. The name of what? The name of the place. The Lord will provide, or literally, Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Oh, come on, somebody. He called the name of the place the Lord will provide in the mount of the Lord, literally, it shall be seen. It shall be seen. The pro, which is before, vision shall be seen. It shall be seen because he is the God who sees. He is the God who goes before. He is the God who connects us through our obedience to the blessings of God. Somebody say amen. amen. So he sees before what you need. He sees before what you need. And you know what he does? He's so good that he sets it in motion. Just like he set that ram in motion. <laughs> Listen, it wasn't so much that God was Jehovah Jireh. The place was called Jehovah Jireh. Amen. He was Jehovah Jireh. Abraham's provider when Abraham was in the right place. 
doing the right thing. Hallelujah. What are the factors here in our lives? The leading of God, the place of God, is connected to the provision of God. Obedience not only to what, but also to where. There was a supernatural provision because Abraham was in the right place. The question I have for you this morning is, what place is God commanding us to go? Not geographically, but what place is He leading us to go in, perhaps in our attitudes, perhaps leaving the land of complaining and coming over into a place of praise? What place is He leading us in our relationships, in our faithfulness, in our finances, in our commitments, in our obedience? I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for this wonderful group of people. I know that you have a place of rich fulfillment for each and every one. We know that the blessing of God and the favor of God is place dependent. Put your hand over your heart and say this with me, Heavenly Father. I desire with every fiber of my being to be in my God-ordained place of grace where I can fit and where I can flourish. Now I invite you, Lord Jesus, and I invite you, precious Holy Spirit, to speak to me, to show me any adjustments, anything and everything that I may do, that I may need to do, that is required of me, so that I may fit and flourish in my God-ordained place.